Thanks for listening to Sounds from the Collie Wobbles Theater Company. I'm Carol Catherine. And this week we have a Christmas-themed one, but it is a little grim. It's from Suspense Radio. It's called Back for Christmas, written by John Collier from December 23rd, 1948. Enjoy. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open shay. Oh, jingle bells. Robert. Yes, my dear. What on earth are you doing down there in the cellar? Why, just doing a little digging. And why, may I ask, have you chosen this day of all days to dig up the cellar floor? Well, I thought, as the weather has been so damp, this would be a good time to plant that little devil's garden I told you about. Devil's garden? Whatever nonsense is that? That was my little joke about it. You see, I've managed to get a hold of the spores of several unclassified wild orchids. In their wild state, they bloom under dark masses of leaf mold. The Orocadian Indians call them devil flowers because they appear to bloom under the ground. Well, I'm sure the Orocadian Indians will be very interested if you succeed in growing this ridiculous flowers under the cellar floor. Whom else will it interest? I can't imagine. What's that terrible smell? That's the leaf mold, chemically identical with the earth blanket they grow under in the wild state. I suppose I should line the pit with concrete so as to prevent seepage from this foreign soil, but I don't suppose there will be much time for it now. And I do want to get these started before we close the house. There certainly will not be time for it. Do you realize that we're sailing for America a week from today and that you've made no arrangements whatever, unless you call digging a hole in the cellar, making arrangements? I certainly don't. Devil's garden, indeed. Sometimes I think you're going soft in the head, Herbert. I suppose it's inconsiderate of me. You see, I've been wanting to try this experiment for a long time. But what with my lectures and seminars at the university, there never seemed to be the time. Well, there certainly isn't any time for it now. I suppose you've forgotten. I've made an appointment for you at the barber's this afternoon. Must I shave off my beard, Hermione? I thought we'd been through all that. Of course you must. They don't wear beards in America. Go get your jacket on and do as I tell you. Yes, Hermione. And don't forget to take your umbrella. It looks like rain. Yes, Hermione. Oh, don't look so put upon, Herbert. Someone has to plan things in this house, or you'd never even get to the university in time for your lectures, much less make arrangements for a trip to America. I know, but what about my specimens? There'll be plenty of time to plant your precious devil's garden when we get back home from America. We're not going to be gone forever, you know. We'll be back here for Christmas. Yes, of course. Back for Christmas. I'd forgotten. Well, try to remember it. And if you can't do that, Just do as I tell you. I've been making the plans in this house for 20 years. And if that's any digging to be done, I'll manage that as well. You understand, Herbert? 
Yes, Hermione. Good. You have just 20 minutes to clean up this mess down here and keep your appointment at the barber's. When you finish there, I want you to come straight home. I wanted to stop at Miss Markham's and pick up some books I ordered. Well, all right. But don't loiter there whole afternoon grousing over those old books the way you usually do. Now hurry and clear up this rubbish. Get rid of that smelly stuff. And no more digging, mind you. Yes, Hermione. Yes, Hermione. How many years has it been since I've been saying that? Ten years? Fifteen? Twenty? Clear up the rubbish. Yes, Hermione. Don't forget your umbrella. Yes, Hermione. Do this. Do that. Yes, Hermione. Yes, yes. How much longer can I stand this? Good evening, sir. Good evening, Miss Markham. Why, it is Professor Carpenter, isn't it? You like me better this way? You look ever so much younger without the beard. Twenty years at least. Twenty years? You'll be glad to know those books you ordered have finally arrived. Books? Phototomy of phalloid gametophytes and coniferous shrubs of North America. Those are the ones you ordered, aren't they? Yes, thank you. You're very kind, Miss Markham. Why Not kind, Professor Carpenter? Not many young ladies in bookshops would go out of their way to look up rare books for an old professor of botany. Why, you're not old, Professor Carpenter. Really, you look. And besides, I adore botany. It's a very, it's my particular hobby. Oh, really? You never told me that before, Miss Markham. I was afraid to. You were so imposing with the beard and all. You might be interested in some specimen of alpine polyanthes that were just sent to me by a friend in Switzerland. Switzerland. I used to go there always for my holidays before the war. You love Switzerland? Every part of it. The lakes, the mountains, the beautiful spring flowers, ah, especially the flowers. It seems we have quite a lot in common, Miss Markham. I'm sorry we haven't talked before. I am too. It was all the fault of the beard, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Markham, forgive me if this sounds foolish, but I feel that shaving off my beard is the most important thing I've done for, for 20 years. Oh, it is. I'm sure it is. I'm ashamed that I've been so distant with you all this time. Oh, there were times when I almost spoke up. Times when you came in here, tired after a day with your students at the university. You seem so alone the way I'm alone in the world. I'd like to have asked you to stay a while and talk with me. But some way or another, I wound up giving you your change and letting you go on your way. You say you're all alone in the world? Since my father died. Did you never think of marrying? My father was a very remarkable man. I've never found anyone who seemed to measure up to what he led me to expect of men. Then the war came. Miss Markham? It's been so long since anyone called me by my first name. I'd like you to, if you, if you want to. It's Marion. Marion. And yours? Herbert. How long have you been alone, Herbert? Uh, alone? I knew you were a widower, of course. The first time I saw you. Uh, widower? 
I can always tell. There's a certain sadness in a man's eyes, a sweet sadness, I think, when he's been married and then... A widower. I never thought of it in quite that way. Perhaps I shouldn't be talking like this, but I've often wondered what she must have been like. Your wife, I mean. Hermione? (laughs) Not an easy woman to forget. Very strong, always managing things. The house, my wardrobe, my friends. When we dined at a restaurant, she even ordered my food. She was always managing things. You might say she managed herself to death. Poor woman. She must have loved you very much. But she needn't have put herself out, so it's plain to see you don't need things managed for you. You need companionship. I think someone sympathetic with your work. Just the last thing on earth you need is a manager. (laughs) How well you put it. The last thing on earth. That's the first time I thought of it, of course. And suddenly a whole new world opened up before my eyes. Marion and America. And no more of Hermione's planning my life for me. By the time I got home, my mind was working overtime. long enough about it. What are you looking so pleased about? Oh, I don't know. Getting rid of the beard, perhaps. I feel 20 years younger. You look even smaller. Your face looks triangular or something. I'd forgotten your chin was so weak, but never mind. You can grow it back soon enough after Christmas. Where are you going? Down in the cellar. Uh, I just bought this electric lantern and I thought I'd put it away down there. Now, whatever possessed you to buy a thing like that? I don't know. I rather liked this lantern. It might come in handy. Who knows? Now, Herbert, don't start digging down there again. I've a hundred things to do, putting the house in order before we leave. I want you to carry these boxes upstairs for me. Yes, Hermione. And if you're going down to the cellar, take along and stuff it into the furnace. But this is my old bathrobe. I may need it. Nonsense. I've bought you a new one. Get rid of it. And don't start puttering down there with that devil's garden or whatever you call it. I'm through digging, my dear. I think the pit is quite deep enough now for for my devil's garden. It would all have to be carefully planned, of course. Just as carefully planned as Hermione was planning the trip to America. We both went about our arrangements as the days passed. I spent all the time I could with Marion, and finally she consented. And then it was the last day, the big day, the day we were to sail for America. Operator, operator, are you there? I'm still waiting on that call to Salisbury. Oh, well, put them on quickly. Hello, is this Paul Holton's sons? It's Mrs. Herbert Carpenter. Did you receive my letter? Good. Now, remember, we'll be back for Christmas and I want the job done without 
Vale. What's that? No, I'm sure he doesn't suspect anything. Send the bill to me in New York, as I instructed you, addressed in my name, of course. Yes, I've already put them in the mail. You'll get them tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, here you are, Herbert. Where have you been? Backstairs. I dismissed the servants. Dismissed the servants? But I've asked some friends of mine in to a farewell luncheon. Go and tell them it's a mistake. I'm afraid it's too late now. They've packed and gone. You have messed things up properly. But how many times have I told you to leave things to me? I make the plans around here. Yes, Hermione. You'll have to do better than this. When I plan the trip home, I will never in the world be back for Christmas. Back for Christmas. Back for Christmas. Must you keep saying that? Oh, I'm not. We are coming back for Christmas, aren't we? Suppose I were offered a professorship in one of those wealthy American universities. Nonsense. Americans care nothing for botany. Luther Burbank was an American. That's different. What have you ever done except mock about in the dirt with a lot of roots and tubers? They asked me to lecture. That means something. Of course they asked you to lecture. Americans will pay to hear any foreigner deliver a lecture once. Now, there's no use getting yourself into a state about this, Herbert. No doubt this extra money will come in handy when we arrive back, back for, for Christmas. Christmas. Precisely. And it's no good you making a joke of it. Heaven knows where you'd be today if I hadn't got a sense of time. Yes, my dear Hermione. And as you've been so foolish as to dismiss the servants, you may empty the ashtrays and straighten up this room while we're waiting for the guests to arrive. I'm going upstairs to change. Call me when they get here. Yes, Hermione. Yes, Hermione. Yes, Hermione. For 20 years, Hermione, always so right. Thought of everything. Well, not quite everything. There. Running her bath now. Safe to call Marion. If Marion were to change her mind now, after all, we haven't known each other very long for this sort of thing. If she had any idea that I was not a widower yet. Marion, it's Herbert, my darling. Nothing's wrong. My plans are the same, unless you've changed. No, we'll meet in New York and be married there. I'll explain why later. You'll have to trust me. Yes. Yes, my darling. I'm sorry, I can't talk any longer. Yes, I'll meet you in New York without fail. Until then, my darling. Herbert, were you talking on the phone just now? Uh, yes, Hermione. Whoever was it? Uh, Freddie, Freddie Sinclair. Didn't I hear you say something about meeting somebody in New York? Uh, why, yes, uh, old Freddy said he might possibly get over there before we leave. And I said, of course, we'd meet him there if he d did decide to go. That seems very peculiar. But then all of your friends are peculiar. Yes, Hermione. And just look at your jacket. 
have you been digging in that cellar again? Yes, Hermione. Well, there's no need for it. You can't possibly get that devil's garden thing finished. Go and change your clothes before the guests arrive. Yes, Hermione. Never mind. I see someone coming up the walk now. Go, go and let them in. Yes, Hermione. Herbert? Yes, my dear. Look out the window. There's Professor and Mrs. Goodenough. But who's that with them? Why, it's... Precisely, it's Freddie Sinclair. Peculiar, you should have been talking to him on the phone not three minutes ago, and now here he is. Yes, isn't it? Uh, uh, but then, as you say, Hermione, all of my friends are peculiar. Not half so peculiar as you digging up in the cellar an hour before we leave for America. Just look at yourself. And now that I think of it. Yes, Hermione. Oh, never mind. Go and let them in. You were going to ask me something, Hermione, about the hole I am digging in the cellar. Oh, good heavens, stop rolling your eyes about that way. One would think you were digging a grave down there instead of a storage bin. Yes, Hermione. What's that? Uh, I said, yes, Hermione. Oh, bother. Open the door and stop saying, yes, Hermione. I think, my dear, I've said it for the last time. Back for Christmas. Hermione was so positive we would be back for Christmas. That last afternoon, pouring tea for a few friends who had come in to say last-minute farewells, she kept reiterating it. Now, mind you, Hermione, don't let those Americans lure your husband with one of those fat university jobs. We absolutely must have you with us for Christmas. He will be back, I promise you. It's not absolutely certain, of course. Herbert, what do you mean? It's not certain. Of course it's certain. After all, Herbert, old boy, you've contracted to lecture for only three months. Quite right. But then, of course, anything may happen. Herbert adores being unpredictable. Now, what other man would decide the day, the very day, mind you, before leaving for America, to dig a great hole in the floor of the cellar? In the cellar? Yes, he's going to put some unclassified wild orchids down there. A devil's garden, if you please. Oh, sounds mysterious. That's Herbert, though. It's really quite simple once you find out what he's up to. Now, take that telephone call he put through to you a few minutes before you arrived, Freddie. To me? Of course, Herbert wanted to surprise me about her plan to meet us in New York next month. Wasn't that why he called? To ask you not to mention it? But my dear Hermione, Herbert couldn't have possibly telephoned me within the past hour. I've been walking in the park since three. He didn't telephone you? How could he? And as far as me going to America... Now, come, come, Freddy. You may as well own up. Hermione has found me out again. But Herbert, old chap, I, I really don't... You see what a poor liar Herbert makes? He's as red as a beetroot. 
Aren't you ashamed of yourself, Professor, stringing poor Hermione along like that? And as for you, Freddy, I'm furious. You said nothing to us about going to America. But look here, old girl. I've been trying to tell everyone here that... Oh, stuff and nonsense. The game's gone on long enough. Besides, we must start getting ready. It was marvelous of all of you to come in to say goodbye. And don't worry about Herbert's little jokes. I will bring him back for Christmas. You may rely on it. They all believed her. For years, she had been promising me for dinner parties, garden parties, committees. And the promises had always been kept. This time, they wouldn't be. I'd seen to that. The servants were gone for good. The farewells all said. I had timed to the minute how long it would take to fill in the hole in the cellar. My devil's garden. Upstairs in the bedroom, I undressed, folded my clothes over a chair, and put on my old bathrobe. Then I opened the door into Hermione's room. Hermione, have you a moment to spare? Of course, dear. I'm just finished. Uh, Then come in here for a moment. There's something rather extraordinary here. Good heavens, Herbert. What are you lounging about in that filthy old bathrobe for? I told you to put it into the furnace. I'll do it today. Yes, I really will. I I promise. Well, high time. Now, what is it you want to show me? In the bathroom here. Just look. Who in the world do you suppose dropped a gold chain down the bathtub drain? Uh, Nobody has, of course. Nobody wears such a thing. Then what's it doing there? I don't see anything. Here, I'll hold the flashlight for you. If you lean right over, you can see it shining deep down. What a lot of nonsense. Just as where I, I don't see it, Herbert. Go on looking, Hermione. It, in just a moment. Herbert, I absolutely refuse. Herbert, what are you doing? Take your hands off of my neck. I will, Hermione, just as soon as I've finished the arrangements for my trip to America. What are you talking about? You thought you were the only one who could plan things, didn't you, Hermione? Well, I've been making some plans of my own this past week. In exactly one minute and 45 seconds, you'll be dead, Hermione. You see, I've planned it very accurately. You'll never get away with it. I thought you'd say that, Hermione, but I will get away with it. You won't mind the smell of the leaf mold down in the cellar when I take you there down there today. Yes, that's where you're going, Hermione, into my devil's garden that annoyed you so much. The solid is full of clay. It won't settle much. In a month or so, it won't even look dug up. <laughs> my friends, they all expect me back for Christmas. If they don't hear from me, they'll wonder. And if I don't come back, they'll start asking questions. No, they won't. Because you'll write them letters, Hermione, on the typewriter, as you always do. They'll be signed H in that neat cryptic way you always sign your your notes to your friends. Let me up now! No! It it won't work, Herbert! You are never getting good at planning! 
understanding things. Ha! But I've changed. I've learned from watching you all these years. The lecture people in America, they'll be expecting you to be traveling with your wife. I will be traveling with my wife, but not my present wife, Hermione. Fortunately, they've never met you. I'll write a few letters home for you, then fewer and fewer. Write letters signed with my own name, always expecting to get back, never quite able to. Keep the house one year, then another, then another. They'll get used to it. I might even come back alone in a year or two on and clean it up properly. Say you died in America. Nobody will ever suspect that you are lying under the floor of the cellar in this very house. Oh, but it won't work, I tell you. That pit you dug in the cellar. I can assure you, my dear Hermione, it will serve its purpose well. Herbert! Sorry, my dear, I've got to get this done on schedule. You have just five seconds to say your prayers. Herbert, you must listen. The cellar, it, it, don't do it. Herbert, Herbert. Ah! Oh, steward. Yes, sir. My wife is indisposed. She'll be taking her meals in our stateroom. For the whole voyage? Yes, for the whole voyage. I trust your wife is feeling better this morning, Professor Carpenter. A little. Not yet well enough to leave her cabin. I'm sorry. By the way, here's a copy of the radiogram you sent for your wife last evening. Oh, thank you. I'll just check it over. But look here. What is it? Did the typist make a mistake? No, no, nothing important. She can correct it later. For a moment, I had a feeling that Hermione had been leaning over my shoulder again, correcting what I had written, as she always did. I had, I had written a radiogram to Professor Goodenough and his wife. Haven't been out of my cabin the whole beastly trip. Herbert Well, doubt will be back for Christmas. The copy read, no doubt will be back for Christmas. Exactly what Hermione would have written. Well, the rest of the voyage was uneventful, and Marion and I met in New York just as we had planned. Just as we had planned. <laughs> Professor and Mrs. Carpenter, we have reservations, I believe. Oh, yes, we've been expecting you, sir. Boy! Take Professor and Mrs. Carpenter's luggage up to their suite. You know, Mrs. Carpenter, you're quite a surprise. Your letter reserving the rooms was so thorough. I was expecting an older, more forbidding sort of person, frankly, ma'am. No, as a matter of fact, we are just married. But my letter reserving the rooms? Uh, uh, I wrote the letter, my dear, and signed it Mrs. Carpenter, just as a joke. What a cunning old fox you are, Herbert. Now that I think of it, I am rather. Oh, I almost forgot. There's a letter for you, Mrs. Carpenter. That's peculiar. I wonder who on earth. Well, we shall find out in good time. Come along, my dear. We'll, we're keeping the boy waiting. Ha! <laughs> 
Nothing like a cold, brisk shower to put a man to rights. Herbert, this letter. Oh, yes, the letter. Uh, Dry my hair, will you, dear? It seems to be a bill of some sort from a building contractor in Salisbury. Hmm. Oh, bother. Dry your own hair. Thank you, my sweet. Let's see this bill or whatever it is. It's very puzzling, Herbert. You were a widow, weren't you? I mean, Hermione isn't still alive. Good heavens, no. Let's have that. Hmm. Dear madam, (laughs) that's a good one. This is to acknowledge your order, together with the keys to your house in Launston Place. Our men had no difficulty in finding the place where your husband had begun the excavation in the cellar, but apparently he changed his mind at the last moment and filled it in again. What is it, Herbert? Our men will begin digging tomorrow, and you may rest assured that it will be a professional job and will be completed in ample time for your surprise Christmas present to your husband. We are happy to be conspirators with you in this thoughtful gesture and hope that Professor Carpenter will be pleased at the results of our work that he so quickly calls his devil's garden. Very truly yours, Paul Holt and Sons Contractors. What does it mean, Herbert? It means that Hermione was right. I will be back for Christmas. 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 And so closes tonight's tale of suspense. Thanks for listening to the Sounds from the Collywobbles Theater Company's production of Back for Christmas, starring Steve as Herbert, Char as Hermione, Pam as Marion, and Logan as Sinclair and the Stewart. This has been the Collywobbles Broadcast System.